and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth on Muddied Waters Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. I am so excited for tonight's episode. Tonight's show, we have one hell of a guest. Um, I don't say this about everybody, but I say this about everybody who comes on. Um, uh, One hell of a man coming on tonight to have an incredible discussion all around qualified immunity. And so without further ado, uh, we got to do all the housekeeping stuff. So welcome in. This is, of course, a Muddy Waters Media production. Um, so excited for Matt and Spike for giving me an opportunity to come on here and and talk about my opinions, my views, and, and everything going on. And as the intro goes, thank you, of course, to Brian Scott Lambrick and Jennifer for that. Um, we're going to be talking about all these different topics, one issue at a time, one liberty at a time. And so tonight's we're coming on with Spike himself spike cohen the 2020 vice presidential candidate it's exciting it's amazing i i I can't believe that this is a thing but i want to thank you guys wherever you guys are listening to us from whether you guys are hearing this on facebook on youtube on twitch on float if you guys are watching this live i appreciate that or if you've taken us on the go on your podcast to the store, to the gym, wherever it is. Appreciate you. You can always find it on all of your favorite. Make sure you guys are going out there and subscribing to all the different platforms that you're on. Find us on everything that you are on. Give us those five-star reviews. Help us support us out and and help build up this this amazing group that we have. Um, the Muddy Waters team is growing. And of course, if you want to lean into the, to the Muddy Waters team a little bit more, if you want to lean into the group, um, you can always go over to anchor.fm slash muddywaters media slash subscribe and you can join in where we've got an exclusive group bringing out uh, uh, amazing content that's going to be exclusive to just the those of you who are helping um build up the the muddy waters team so make sure you guys get over there to anchor.fm slash muddy waters media slash subscribe um you can also go over to muddywatersmedia.com slash store where you can buy the merch, go out there and pimp us out, show us off to your friends and family because they're going to love you. And of course, this show is not only brought to you by Matt and Spike giving me the platform, but it's also brought to you by Jack Casey, the Royal Green Series by Jack Casey. It's a story of authoritarians and revolutionaries, a young man and woman seeking independence and meaning in a kingdom on the brink of civil war, romance, espionage, action, and psychological drama. Elements of horror and mystery and spirituality as well. (laughs) Dark fantasy with magical realism and libertarian (laughs) overtones. Themes of forgiveness and redemption. Written by the author while undergoing his own journey to find liberty and deep answer questions on his mind. And yes, you guys can hear Spike Cohen himself. (laughs) I didn't know what it was about. (laughs) I think I should read it now. It, it might be a good one. It might be. It might be. I haven't read it yet, so we'll have to find out. <laughs> See. Also, this is brought to you by Ashley. Uh, Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brand like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Consign with them for thirty percent fee and twenty percent less from most consignment stores. Find them online at fierceluxurybyashley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive groups group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. So, without further ado, let's bring the man on. If you guys could please give a warm welcome to Spike. Uh, Spike, we have the Nards Cohen. Welcome on <laughs> for the first time to the Mr. Merck of the Bearded Truth. How are you doing tonight, sir? We have the Nards. That is a, like the Nate Kennedy and a guy named uh, Kevin Walling for making that the new thing that everyone says about me, which happened in Illinois this weekend multiple people coming up saying nards nards i'm like yeah nards thank you jason i am so happy to be on this show as i was sitting here listening to you with your incredible hosting that you're doing so far my first thought was i'm so glad to finally be on this show after 
what three years of you being on on uh on the, the muddy waters family roughly and then, <laughs> r- roughly with a, with a couple of hiatus um and then as i'm sitting here i think but wait a second that means that he hasn't had me on his show for three years so now i'm angry so i'm going to try to push past my anger well, because i do love you and it, could, it hurts. it's more of a hurt than an anger but i'm I also could. angry you are on my top list of, I, I don't know, I, I'll shorten it, top 25 libertarians named top Spike. 25 libertarians named Spike? No, that's good. There we go. That's so, good. So, so you, had to see, you had to interview the other 24, and now you've gotten to your 25th favorite Spike. And then, that's it, a libertarian. you know, we just had like the, in, in typical Spike form, it, it took a little while for the responses. And, and so, you know, they're very busy Spikes. And so, you, so, don't take a while. Them. No, I get it. Yeah, and and it's. <laughs> I'm so no, glad. Listen, I, I am not. I am not upset. Well, I am upset, but I'm you not. I'm not going to let that influence our discussion because I think it's very important. Also, small, uh, small housekeeping thing. It's actually, and I, I, by the way, I'm not beating you up on this because I said it incorrectly many, many times. It's technically anchor.f anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Okay, not media. Okay. I did that many times until uh, Matt, and I think Matt did it many times too. And then finally he's like, just muddied waters. I'm like, oh, Ooh. just muddy waters. So it's anchor.fm slash muddy waters uh, for our podcasting and, and anchor.fm slash muddy waters slash subscribe to become a mudsketeer. A mudsketeer. So that muddy, was the official name. I was going to ask you. That was actually. I don't know. We, you took my. I don't you know. took my first question from you. So so. Okay. Now yeah. we both Mudsketeer, are sitting here Mudsketeer. resenting the other one. It's it's okay. We a mudsketeer <laughs> in the muddy militia is, is what we're going. Is what we're going for. <laughs> I love it. So. Oh man. So tonight, I as I was um running through this this new segment that we have, where we we take one topic and we run through it, um. I, I wanted to find good, prominent libertarians who are good messengers and could, you know, sell this. And and as I was trying to talk to people and be like, hey, you know, do you guys know anybody? Do you have any ideas out there? Um, you'd be surprised with how many people went Spike Cohen qualified immunity. And so I was like, well, that mm. that's it. We have to do this. Um, I've got right. a, a local activist here in my county that uh, she's like, both of my kids, first of all, got told that spike hates kids um but also that they loved his take on qualified immunity and so that's all that they talk about and <laughs> so that guy who hates kids is really good about qualified immunity yes so so next time we'll have to that. talk about kids um but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but and the... why i don't hate them yes i just have some concerns about their community Yes, yes, they they're they're reckless and but the child community needs to make needs to stop making excuses <laughs> and own some of their failures. Yes, and they need to clean the room once in a while. They need to clean, and they definitely need to clean the room. Okay, you know, listen to Jordan Peterson. You got to make your bed. Yeah, or else and, you can. Or the lobsters will catch you, or something to that. The effect. lobsters. Well, the the lobsters are in. What happens to the early bed maker gets the lobster because when you when you when you're putting the stuff up in your bed, you're like, oh, who put this lobster here? And Jordan Peterson's like, it's me. Anyway, so qualified immunity is very important. Um, <laughs> speaking of qualified immunity, so qualified, I, I guess it's probably important to talk, start with what qualified immunity yes. even is. Yes, what so, it is and where it came from. Yes. So coming, coming, we both kind of come from the right originally, like Correct. made our way here from. And it's interesting seeing our, our 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 cohorts from the right who will say things like, "Well, you know, qualified immunity is what keeps uh, police officers from getting uh, sued recklessly for you know, for, you know, they can't they can't even do their job anytime they go and pull someone over, they're going to get sued for." pulling someone over and you know the, the 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 left just wants to end qualified immunity so cops can't do their job and protect our freedoms which it's a whole other discussion but the the what qualified immunity is the short answer is qualified immunity is the equivalent of being able if you got sued 
for negligent homicide or if you got sued for uh, you know contributing to someone's death in a way that by breaking the law or being uh, malfeasant or negligent and you go to court and say, Your Honor, I was just doing my job. Doing my job. And I was just doing my job. And the and the, the 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 judge goes, Oh, well in that case I'm dropping all charges. That's yep. qualified immunity. Yep. So here's the history behind qualified immunity. Uh in eighteen seventy one it was either 1870 or 1871. I believe 1871. Yes. A, a law was passed. This was during the Reconstruction era after the uh, uh, the Civil War ended. And especially in the South, but really across the country, you had police that were being weaponized mostly against Black people. But they were – honestly, they were being weaponized against everyone, but they were the ones feeling it, especially in the South, the most, where you literally had police that were just rounding people up. And, you know, trying them for things that, you know, were, were bogus or they just round them up and lynch them. Sometimes they wouldn't even bother uh, to, uh, you know, round them up and uh, and, and do a, a kangaroo trial. They would just round them up and kill them. Yep. And so the federal government was limited in what they could do other than to because this was before the days of, you know, federal involvement in policing. This was before the days of. Um, this was before the days of there really being an active uh, civil rights movement. Really, the only thing that could be done was for uh, black people or anyone that was being marginalized by government to just use guns to defend themselves. So the, the federal government introduced something called the Civil Rights Act of 1871. Uh, I believe it was actually the first Civil Rights Act. And it, it did many different things. But one of the things it did was it made it the law that you could sue someone uh, you could sue a police officer or a government agent or a politician, and, you know, anyone in government. You could sue them if they violated the law and violated your rights in doing so. So this this was if they had broken the law and they had violated your rights in doing so, you could sue them just like you could sue everyone else. Because up until that point, there was a question as to whether you could do that because um, they used to they, they had the idea of sovereign immunity. And it was not quite clear whether that applied to individual agents of the state or just the government itself. And they said, no, that's just for the government. Individual in, individual agents of the state, including police officers, can't do this to you. Which I think is the right Coming decision. To, <clears throat> I mean, I would have liked for the government not to have immunity yes, either. But this yes. at least, yes. This keep at that, least keep says, that as small as possible, if not. Keep, if not completely eliminate it, this at least says individual bad actors can be sued. Okay. Yeah. Um, so into the 1960s, I'm trying to remember the exact year, but it was in the 1960s. 69. Where the, was it 69? If, if, you're okay. talking, if you're talking about the, the Supreme Court opinion, 69. Yes, the Supreme Court opinion. So up until then, during the civil rights era, you had a, a slate of, of um, lawsuits that were being filed against police officers who were violating the law and violating people's rights. And one of them made it to the Supreme Court, and I wish I could remember the exact one, but one of them made it to the Supreme Court where the police had, again, this was established that they had broken the law and that they had violated people's rights. And they sued, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, who said, no, uh, actually, you can't sue them because if what they're doing is within the scope of their job and uh, – then you and there wasn't so at this point it wasn't quite as bad qualified immunity was being introduced but it said that as long as there was a reasonable suspicion to think that they didn't know that this law had changed that it had been reasonably that there was a reasonable uh um i forget the exact wording but basically reasonable suspicion that they didn't know that this was against the law. Now, keep in mind, if you or I said, hey, we didn't know that was against the law, they'd say ignorance is no excuse. Yeah. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. But for police officers, yes, they actually absolutely, if they if it's reasonable to think that they were, uh, that they didn't know, then they would be immune. And this began the idea of qualified immunity. Now, it keeps getting worse. With each new decision for qualified immunity, every time it went to the top courts, the Supreme Court would make it tougher and tougher and tougher until eventually we get to what we have now. Reasonable suspicion means that unless that exact same yes. thing hasn't already happened in that exact same jurisdiction, not just in the U.S., 
But in that exact district, that, that federal court district, if that had happened in that exact same jurisdiction, then they all, and had already been found to be illegal in violation of someone's rights, and that person was given qualified immunity for it, if that hadn't already happened, then the officer in this case can say, well, Your Honor, you couldn't have possibly expected me to know that. I, I couldn't possibly know. Yeah. And that has led to some of the most ridiculous things. Like one example is there were police officers who already had someone detained, already had his, uh, he was already, I think he was lying, he was either sitting up or lying down, but he had his hands behind his back. He was detained. He was no threat. He was neutralized. They went ahead and just sick their canine dog on, their canine officer on him just for fun. And he mauled the guy. That guy sued them. And there was even another example in that jurisdiction where the where, where police officers had sicked a canine on someone who had been uh, who had been uh, uh, restrained and, and was no longer a threat. But these cops were still given qualified immunity because in that first case, the suspect was sitting up. And in this case, the suspect was lying down or in that first case, they were lying down and the suspect. Was, but literally the difference between lying down and sitting up changed whether or not yeah. this qualified there there have been exam there was another example where police officers stole two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of precious coins and they weren't sued for it because that hadn't happened yet and how could the officers have possibly known that it was illegal <laughs> to steal someone's property well i mean with with of course we had this conversation in the previous episode but with things like civil asset forfeiture it's legal for them to steal it. How would they know that it's illegal for them to steal it if it's no, legal? No, no, but no, here's the problem because that actually, I guess I could say that. But in that case, in civil asset forfeiture, perfectly fine, guys, because that goes to that agency. Yeah. It, it's actually laundered through the federal government and then it goes to that agency and shared with the federal government. In this case, they're keeping it for themselves. That's wrong. That's theft. Civil asset forfeiture is perfectly fine, but no. So, so I, I guess maybe that was what they use. Well, Your Honor, we steal all day long. We figure we can keep some of it. We literally but, plunder every car that drives past us. This every this was just single on the house. car, we're robbing everyone. We can't keep some coins. We didn't know that. Well, I guess we know now. Lesson learned, right? So, but this is qualified immunity, and you know, we can talk some more about what that ends up leading to. But but the reality is qualified immunity does not protect officers who are just doing their job. It does not protect. I heard another example, firefighters who, you know, they decide that, you know, this house, the fire is already too far gone. And so they just start protecting the other houses and, 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 and pouring water on, you know, uh, um, using hoses on the other houses to try to maintain that. that. That's not illegal. That is them deciding what is the best thing to do. They can't be sued for that. That falls yeah. well within the regular scope of work. Uh, an officer who pulls someone over isn't going to be sued. An officer who pulls someone over and it was determined that the force that they used was reasonable is not going to be sued. The only time that this is ever invoked, has ever been invoked and ever would be invoked is when it has been established that the officer broke the law or the firefighter broke the law or the CPS worker broke the law or whatever else. And they had violated someone's rights in doing so. And then they still don't get sued. And, and, and I think that, you know, we'll certainly get into this kind of in the, in, in the end of this, but even for like the argument of all these officers are going to get sued and, and the idea that these are all going to be, you're going to have frivolous lawsuits of, of an officer merely pulled somebody over and then he gets sued. Right. Right. I, 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 isn't it the court's purpose to even take kind of frivolous lawsuits and go yeah this is frivolous yeah. and throw it out i because exactly. in 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 my very uneducated reading of the first amendment it says we have the right to redress our grievances against government yes that's crazy yes. so so but we haven't had a supreme court case on that so qualified immunity <laughs> well, and, and so exactly and 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 that's a good point to make man because we hear this a lot like well it's just going to tie up our courts with lawsuits well it's tying up our courts now you have a, a case of someone who blatantly violated the law and violated someone's rights in doing so and instead of the the local judge saying yeah i know this he broke the law in this case the, the case can go forward instead it gets taken all the way to the supreme court how is that not tying up? I mean, there's far more of a backlog at the federal court level uh, than there is at the at typically typically at the local or state court level. Why not 
stop clogging it up there. Yeah. Because now you're forcing every case against an officer to go all the way to the Supreme Court to determine whether that's already happened in that jurisdiction. So that actually clogs up the courts. And again, you can right now file a frivolous suit of it against a cop or a, or a firefighter. All that's going to happen is it's going to go in front of a judge and they're going to go, they didn't even do anything wrong. What was your problem? Like they didn't break the law. They didn't violate your rights. Whatever. You know, you, you can't do this. Is, we're throwing this out. That's all that would happen in this case. Yeah. No one's going to be empowered to file bad lawsuits. All this does is when at that point when the judge goes, yeah, this broke the law. This violated the rights. Instead of forcing it to go all the way to, to SCOTUS, now they can say, okay, the lawsuit goes ahead. They can, they can actually – and again, the, 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 the jury uh, can decide whether – uh, whether it rises to the case of deserving of a lawsuit, you still are being judged by a jury of your peers or whatever, and they can decide what the reward should be and, and what if you're if what you're asking for is too much or or whatever. But that's all you need to allow people to have due process if it's been determined that the person in government has violated the law and violated your rights in doing so. Otherwise, how on earth are you ever going to expect to have a small, limited government if government can do whatever the hell they want? You can't do anything about it. Yeah, and and I think one of the one of the contexts we needed to certainly frame this in, and and my fault on this as well, but is that this is these are civil cases. These are not even like criminal yes. charges, and so yep. this is when you know you may already have. When we talk about qualified immunity, this is this is one of those levers that I've spoken about with with previous episodes of like policing reform and everything else. These are levers yep. to have more accountability within the system, yes. and and so as we know, there are the way that the system works is when the police investigate the police to see if the police did did wrong. You can. Yep. For criminal activity, you're not going to expect a, a great outcome uh, most in those oh, circumstances. Yeah, and so this yeah. gives yep. you a third party. This gives you a third lever or a third third yep. uh, maneuver in this. And and yep. so we need to have that availability there for people to to ri- see um, their wrongs be righted in in some facet. Um, exactly. It also has a deterrence effect. And and here's an example of that. We, we look at the Derek Chauvin case. We look at George Floyd. Derek Chauvin, uh, long before he murdered George Floyd, he had 17 other excessive use of force complaints against him, including two deaths. He might have murdered two other people. We don't, we don't know. Um, when the Minneapolis Police Department looked at Derek Chauvin, they made the same cost-benefit analysis that police departments across the country make when they encounter the bad apples in their bunch. They looked at him and said, this is a bad cop. He's 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 killing people. But if we try to remove him, we're going to have to fight the police unions. The police unions are going to fight us tooth and nail. It's going to cost us an absolute fortune and more than likely, or at least there's a decent chance that we're not going to be able to get rid of him. But if we keep him on the force, thanks to qualified immunity, he can't be sued. We can't be sued. Maybe the, the city will have to you know, put out some settlements that the taxpayers pay for, but it's not going to affect our bottom line as individuals or as an organization. And eventually he's probably going to end up murdering someone and get caught on tape and then we can put him in jail and he won't be able to murder anyone else. This encourages bad actors in police departments and in other government agencies. We've heard the nightmares of CPS workers threatening, straight up threatening on camera to frame people and to say they're abusive parents, even when they are. We've seen all of these things happen. We have seen agents of government who just flat out in front of cameras do whatever the hell they want and not get in any trouble. And they know that they're not going to be held accountable, okay? Because they have very strong unions and they know that their employer is not worried about getting sued. Now, imagine if qualified immunity didn't exist. Imagine if those times that Derek Chauvin did those things, the people that he was doing them to could get an attorney who would be happy to take on the case, take it to court and sue him as an individual, his police department who hired him. uh, And possibly if they can even prove that there are individual people above him that knew that what he was doing or other agent, other officers who knew that what he was doing, sue them as co-defendants. Okay. now what you have is the exact opposite. Now the cost-benefit analysis is, screw these unions. I'm not going to get sued personally out of house and home. We're going after this guy. Now it's going to – and the unions don't want to get sued either. So now they're going to be saying we need to figure out how to make these officers more accountable. One way they probably would end up being held accountable, if you look at any other professional, the difference between typically a a worker 
and a professional, a laborer and a professional, typically speaking, is that the professional has some level of liability for what they do. Okay. So doctors, lawyers, um, uh, uh, even some uh, certain types of contractors, they're, they're bonded. They have liability protection against what they do because they're such good professionals and they're good at their craft and what they do could potentially it's 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 a it's a risky enough thing that it could potentially cause either monetary damage or property damage or even physical damage it could kill someone even and we know that they are li that they have a liability there and so they are able to get liability insurance which protects them because there are going to be times that people will screw up or do the wrong thing hopefully yep. it doesn't lead to someone dying but if it happens once or maybe twice, they're protected. But if and the person that um the person that that damage was done to knows that they're bonded and that they'll they'll get a, a reward yep. in, in that's you know for for that if it happens. But also, if you have a doctor or a lawyer or a uh, or, or or even a you know some, someone in masonry or whatever who keeps screwing up and who keeps getting sued they're not going to be able to get liability coverage which means no one's going to want to hire them in fact in some cases it's not legal to hire them so this would lead to police departments saying if you want to work for us you need to get liability insurance yeah and even you know that doesn't Yes, it, it, they may even raise their salary to pay for the liability insurance or the taxpayer may pay for the liability. That's not the point. The point is if they can't get covered because they keep getting sued because they keep doing the wrong thing, they can't be a cop anymore and they got to go find a job doing something else. And that deterrent effect, there are a lot of people that get into policing work because they want to do the right thing. Yes. They want to help people and they get there and find out it's not what they thought it was going to be. But then also other people sign up because they're assholes. And I'm sorry, I think I'll last worry, but they're oh. because they want to have <laughs> to use that badge and that gun and that authority and that immunity to be able to do whatever the hell they want to people. If you let them know, yeah, yeah, you can maybe do that once and then you're going to get sued just like anyone else would. Uh, and you won't ever even be able to get hired by anything else. And that's going to, follow you around for the rest of your life, they're much less likely to become a police officer. This is a deterrent all the way around, even yeah. though it isn't a criminal punishment. Yeah. No, and 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 you highlighted something really good and I wanna I wanna bring this up is that right now with the way the system is working, these civil cases are being paid out not by the police agency, not by the police yep. officer. It's being paid yep. by the city, right? Um yep. Brianna Taylor who was murdered in her home, um yep her family was paid out by the city so the people who were involved in yeah yeah so so we are all held accountable for this and it's just as long as they're not taking from the people who are causing the harm the harm doesn't yep. stop there's no accountability yep. there and so we have yep. to have what you're talking about you have to have that insurance if you have exactly. somebody driving on the road that's hitting a, a million people every year uh no one's going to insure him and it's he's without insurance in many states you can't drive or, or everything else and this so it's the exact same thing as what you've laid out it's it's a strong yep. deterrent that people have to have to follow through on this and so i i think that we've already debunked like some of the big um defenses there right the financial right, right. side of things and then of course like frivolous lawsuits and it's just like yep. okay so yep getting rid of this what does what does our system look like as you eloquently laid out we have accountability mm -hmm. yep. we have deterrence for bad actions but yep, yep, yep. i want to bring this up to you um one of the other things that comes up is that a police officer in a moment you know where a single moment can really change the outcome of something how is this going to how would this affect them um you know because you are you are in a circumstance with um where your alertness has to be heightened right you're you're concerned for the safety of of the individual you're you're attempting to apprehend or yep, engage yep, with yep, you're yep. concerned with people around you and everything else mm -hmm. um how would this how would removing qualified immunity actually uh, affect a circumstance like that well, putting aside the fact that this is also an argument for ending the war on drugs, ending the war on victimless crimes, ending the war on guns, limiting the number of times that police officers are even interacting with the public in the first place, treating them more like fire departments who are coming out and actually be able to you know, deal with something that's happening as opposed to constantly patrolling around, bothering people while they're driving. And, and, you know, seeing if they've committed some kind of infraction that they can that they can, you know, wrap people up for putting that aside, even in the current system. 
again, if it has, if you have a reasonable reason to have used violence, I don't think anyone is worried that the presumption of proper, the presumption that use of force was proper by police officers, that, that they aren't erring on that side. You're not going to stop a criminal justice system from erring on the side of presuming that the use of force was uh, was was legal, if, if, if it's even marginal, whether it was or was not. All of the examples of people that we're seeing that are actually having qualified immunity invoked or people that are being prosecuted and so forth, these are people where the evidence was so overwhelming that there was no way to conclude anything else. Sometimes it was examples where officers themselves were admitting to it. So it was not this like, oh, last minute. So, for example, let's give an example of 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 this. The shooting of Michaela Bryant. I think that's how her name is is pronounced. This was in Columbus, Ohio, earlier this year. And the long story short was that Michaela Bryant uh, was a, t a teenager who was living in foster care, and she was being uh, bullied by, I believe, some of the children that also she lived with or neighbors or some someone else in school. She was being bullied by other teenage girls. And those teenage girls either lived in her house or had come to her house, and she called the police. Now, a, a police officer showed up, and others showed up behind him. He came out. He was there for about five or six seconds out of his car, and suddenly he sees a, uh, a, a young lady, a teenage girl or, or a young adult girl, a, a young woman um, running after a person and knocking them over and then uh, grabbing a knife or already had the knife in her hand and started running at another girl. And the officer is saying, no, put it down, put it down, put it down, put it down by the time. And I mean, if you watch the video, you can watch it frame by frame. At the moment, she's about to just stick this girl up. He shoots her. Well, it turns out he shot the girl, and incidentally, when he when he shot Michaela, had he just st stood there, more than likely that other girl would have died. I mean, she was literally like this, yeah. being stabbed. She would have either died or been, you know, injured or whatever. She would have been stabbed many times. Uh, and he found out after he shot her that that was what actually called the police. Now, in that moment, um, put yourself in this this officer's shoes. I can't imagine what poor Michaela had been going through that she's calling the cops and felt so desperate that she felt like she had to fight back in that very moment. Put yourself in that officer's shoes. He doesn't know who he's dealing with. He doesn't know. He's all he knows is he's been called out because of um, uh, because of someone threatening a girl and and uh, violence and bullying. And then he gets there and someone's knocking people over and trying to stab people. Yeah. In that moment, he shot and killed her. And in doing so, I will maintain he saved that other girl's yes. life. Even if she was the initial bully or whatever else, he saved that girl's life. And or at least saved her from from harm at the very least. Yeah. That is a and he was not charged. And many people were upset about that. And I understand why they were upset about that. You know, she was a young girl. She had been her her life had been miserable. She was in foster care. She was being bullied relentlessly. She was desperate and she probably in that moment just snapped. And and but Look at what happened with the officer. It was a tough decision. He made it. He had no, literally in the time I've been talking about it, it, it happened 20 or 30 times. Yeah. Stuff. Like this was something that happened inside of like 10, 15 seconds. Okay. He just didn't have time. He got out of the car. There's a bunch of people in the front yard. He's trying to ask people what's going on. All of a sudden he sees this girl run out. I mean, uh, the actual part about her running out and then running after it was maybe four or five. I mean, it was quick. It was a few seconds. He wasn't charged. Rightfully so. If he had been sued and there was no qualified immunity, I cannot imagine that any judge would look at that evidence and say, yes, this officer has 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 commit has violated the law and violated the rights of someone. Because yeah. those are key things. It's not just did they obey police procedures, it's did they violate the law. He did not violate the law. And because of that, he wouldn't get sued. So that's what it would look like. Are, are there are there maybe some rare examples where someone could be sued frivolously? I'm sure there could. But for every one of those, you can point out thousands of examples where people would be held accountable who should be. Yes. I, I knew you were going to nail that. And, and – uh... It's it's sad that of the story that you brought up of of young Miss Bryant, but it it does really bring that and bring that true of yeah. here's here's a circumstance where a split second decision, right? If he would have yep. froze for that second, right, it would have been two people dead in that yep. 
And because he would have still had to shoot her. He would have still had to do something unless after killing this girl, she then put the knife down for some reason, even though she wouldn't do it before killing her or stabbing her. Then, yes, the, the girl, you could, worst case scenario, that girl could have died and then Michaela could have run after the cop or run after someone else. And now he's got to shoot her. Now, I mean, the, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible yes. situation. I actually waited a couple of weeks to talk about it because I knew that the tensions were high. Also, a little bit of pretext here or context here. Columbus, uh, Ohio has the highest rate of police murders uh, in the country. It's not even close per capita. It's ridiculous. They have the, the number of people who have been killed by police under at best questionable circumstances is absolutely through the roof. So, I, you know, it's sort of one of those, uh, you know, if I do this to my thumb, it doesn't hurt. OK, it, it doesn't hurt. But if I have slammed my thumb into this fridge over here multiple times and it got run over by a car, now even just me blowing on my thumb, it's going to be excruciating pain. So yeah. this community that has been inflamed by cop, uh, 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 cop murder after cop murder after cop murder after cop murder, and now this teenage girl gets killed who was in foster care and being bullied, I get why they were upset. Yeah. I understand. I, I, I'm not going to try to say that I don't get it because in context – makes perfect sense why they were upset it was like oh good now you're killing teenage girls um and the officer was white and, and michaela was black and the vast majority of these shootings are white officers killing black people so i get it i get that but this is where the courts are supposed to come in and try to be a fair adjudicator of this and they yes. often are not yep. and being qualified immunity forces the courts to be fair adjudicators of this or at least to adjudicate it in the first place it gives people a fighting chance of having a shot of, of actually being of holding bad officers accountable. And in the case of this officer, I, there's not a, I, I cannot imagine that he would he would able to be sued because the, the, the facts at the very least, it was there. There was a good bit of question. There's at least uh, a preponderance of evidence that he did the right thing. And keep in mind, civil courts, the 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 uh, um, uh, the uh, threshold yeah. for evidence is a little bit lower. But even with this, a preponderance of the evidence is that he he in that moment he made the right decision and um, and and i think it's important that when we talk about his decision right it's not just the, the right decision because he was a police officer um the right uh, to no. use deadly force is is one that is granted to everyone by their human yep. uh, by being alive right this was given yep. to you yep. by yep. your yep. creator that the the use of deadly force is a force that a person knows or should know it causes a yep. risk of serious bodily harm or or risk of death um and yep. can only be used when under self-defense or the defense of others and certainly defense that's why others. this was justified so it's not even a matter of him being a police officer in this but nope. it is a matter of of qualified immunity had this been a different circumstance where where yep. we would have seen him be bad this is where qualified immunity really differentiates between the people and government officials and law enforcement and this is why this is such a big conversation for the entire criminal justice system um reform this is why it's policing reform this is why it's it's all these different reforms because we need to have to where people are held accountable regardless of which which profession they're in and and as joe garcia from um from our last episode two weeks ago law enforcement should have not the same standard as people but but you know be held to a little bit of a higher if anything, standard. a higher standard at the very least they, thank you joe and joe's actually a former cop and, and anyone who watches this yeah. show knows that um, because he was on here. Was that that was last week, right? Two weeks, two weeks ago. Liberty Roundtable was last week. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's right. Liberty Roundtable was last week. Um, the uh, uh, if anything, at the very least, police officers should be held to the same standard as everyone else. They should not get a much lower standard where they're almost treated like children. Uh, in, but yet, given all of this authority and and responsibility, but then when it comes to accountability, they're given next to none. At the, but honestly, they should be given even more accountability. They, they, or they should be held to an even higher standard. Um, and like you said, this isn't a cop thing. If someone had, had randomly been walking down the street and seen this same scene and used deadly force to protect the person that Michaela was about to stab, then they would have also been legally or at least morally in the right to do so. And I believe in Columbus, which does allow gun ownership, they would have been legally able to do that. Now, imagine another example. If that police officer had had killed Michaela, and then now keep in mind, after he killed Michaela, a lot of the people there were very, very upset. This was her home. And so yeah. like her foster parents were there and her, or her like friends were there and people are yelling, what did you do? You killed her, you killed her, you killed her. Now, if the officer had shot one of them, he would be protected by qualified immunity, even if even if he were criminally charged. 
for doing that and put in jail for it, he'd still be protected by qualified immunity from getting sued for it. And that's the point. If you reach a point where you can actually, I mean, you notice Derek Chauvin wasn't actually sued. He was criminally charged and the city did a, a settlement. But he was never sued because they would have taken that crap through court and they would have said that he was protected by qualified immunity unless there was already a case where someone had been sued for murdering someone in whatever federal court district uh, Minneapolis is in. That's the ridiculousness. Of Even this. worse than that. So like specifically to the Derek Chauvin, uh, George Floyd circumstance, they could have argued that the amount of seconds that Derek Chauvin was on on George Floyd's situation or on his on his neck was a different mm-hmm. circumstance, a different situation had never been ruled and therefore guaranteeing almost guaranteeing oh, uh qualified immunity <laughs> just you could have that circumstance alone you could have where a cop had literally suffocated someone to death by kneeling on their neck in that exact kind of circumstance but well maybe there wasn't a curb there maybe it was a dirt road uh, or maybe yeah maybe they the other cop it took then 15 minutes to do it and it only took him you know nine minutes so you know he could have known that six minutes earlier would have been a problem you know it, it could have been any of like as stupid of a, that, that there wasn't a crowd with the other one but with this one there was a crowd there telling him please don't murder this guy in front of us or you know whatever it could have been who knows what it could be that the in the other case it was a it was a smaller person and in this case a bigger person you know big people yeah. didn't need to be suffocated to death like what the the, the absurdity of these cases if any of you want to hear about the absurdity google uh eminent domain or eminent domain, uh qualified immunity well look okay, that's absurd you can look that up later yes but look up uh uh you know qualified immunity cases or like you know bad qualified immunity cases or something like that you will hear some of the most infuriating there was there were prison guards in a prison i forget where i think it was out west um and uh either jail or prison guards corrections officers it was corrections. It wasn't a prison because they were corrections officers. And uh, there was a guy that they were torturing by using uh, uh, a tear. I forget if they used the tear gas or taser. Let's say they one person used tear gas. They used the other used taser. So let's say they use uh, a taser. They used the taser to torture this guy in his cell. He wasn't doing anything wrong. They just wanted to. And they couldn't be the courts ruled they had qualified immunity, even though. There were other corrections officers in that same jurisdiction who had tortured some poor guy in his cell because one of them used tear gas and the other one used a taser because that's the difference, right? Oh, Your Honor, I couldn't have possibly known that you weren't cool with it with tear gas, but with electricity, I figured that would be fine. Yeah. I couldn't have possibly known that. That's how ridiculous this stuff is. And, and you know, I, I know you. It, it probably best to talk about how to end this because i I would hope anyone having watched this for the last you know 49 minutes i hope we don't have any more stragglers i hope at this point we're all on the same (laughs) on the same page when this needs to end yeah no i i definitely um that is of course the big thing that we got to talk about but uh, coming off of your point before we get to how to end this um sure sure that that point of things change right so a taser versus a tear gas the this is why we have to have this difference um this this very well rhymes with just to bring it back to constitutionality for people who still believe in it um when it comes to like your rights right uh, you have many people against the second amendment that say well as the technology changed right it doesn't mean that that the second amendment is the same thing so yeah so if things are supposed to stay the same in accordance with with the people who who disagree with the constitution from the basis of it needs to be the constitution needs to be limited not the government right right this right. doesn't hold hold true right this is completely inconsistent with that um and and so the people who support the constitution right we need to have the constitution as we pointed out the first amendment of being able to redress our grievances whether that's a criminal court case or a civil court case be able to have that and and so as if you guys are on the side that you guys are still questioning this, rewatch this episode, of course, because Spike Cohen laid it out beautifully, perfectly, amazingly. As maybe Spike you Cohen missed something. Does. Yeah, maybe, maybe you, you missed, missed something. something. Um, no, so, so constitutionally, 
both by the letter and by the concept or presumed concept, a sense of concept, a sensible concept behind the Constitution. So like Jason was saying, by the letter, you know, the originalist interpretation of this is that you should be able to sue bad actors in government. You should be able to use whatever needs to be used to hold bad actors accountable. And that it is a, a judicial activism that led to, yes. uh, to this. And if it helps, most of those judicial activists were appointed by Democrats. So if that helps, this is a Democrat <laughs> judicial act activism that created uh, that created the uh, the qualified immunity doctrine and its continued strengthening from the 60s until about 2001, I think, was the last really big qualified immunity strengthening that happened. And it's been pretty, pretty bad since then, but also from the concept of, of the Constitution. If the purpose of the Constitution is to uh, not enumerate your rights, but to enumerate the limit, the, the only things that government is allowed to do and to make clear the things that it is not allowed to do and to keep government in in a very, very uh, narrow pathway of what it's allowed to do and its scope of, of what it's allowed. If you still if, if you allow a loophole of saying, well, yes, technically the government can't do this and can't do that and can't do this and can't do that. But if politicians and police officers and judges and prosecutors and CPS workers and you know, firefighters and social workers and you know uh, uh, any government employee can just violate your rights whenever they want to and break the law whenever they want to, and we'll just hold them immune to it, uh, then there is no – the Constitution means absolutely nothing. Your rights mean absolutely nothing. The concept of limited small government means absolutely nothing if they can simply ignore it and never be held accountable, which that's what's been happening. So if we're going to even try to do real constitutionalism, because as we all know, that wasn't real constitutionalism, right? <laughs> if we're going to actually try to do real constitutionalism, it has to come with a high degree of accountability for those whose job it is to enforce the the existence and the, the uh, enforcement of government and its laws and its rules and its standards. Yes, uh, 100% agreed. And, and so with that... Other than electing Spike Cohen to every office in across this nation, <laughs> uh, local, state, and federal, um, how, all of them at once. Yes, all of them at once. Uh, just Can Spike Cohen. Yes, because uh, you have the Nards, right? That's that's the requirement. You're the <laughs> that's what it says. It's a, it's what it says it has to be thirty in order to. So this is a very rare part. Article, I think twelve of yeah. the, Article sixty nine of the Constitution <laughs> says that in order Section to be elected to all. To all, yeah, section 420, six, 69, 420. Uh, uh, in order to be elected to all offices at once, the person has to be a native-born, uh, a, a native-born American, natural, natural-born citizen of the United States. Yes. Ted Cruz. Mm. Uh, they need to not be the Zodiac killer, Ted Cruz. <laughs> Their dad cannot have killed JFK, Ted Cruz. They have to be at least thirty-five years of age baby ted cruz and they have to have the norns that's it spike Cohen is that's the only it. one so other than so, that other than that okay putting aside that the honestly that what's upsetting about qualified immunity is that the easiest way to do it to end it is also the least likely one to happen so the easiest way to do this would be if the supreme court justices the next time they had a qualified immunity case said we were wrong or our court was wrong the same way they did with like uh, uh, Dred Scott and uh, um, Brown versus Board of Ed. Like the way they've done previous cases where they're like, no, we were just straight up wrong and we're going to completely refute all of that. Mm -hmm. They would have to do that. They would have to say the concept of qualified immunity is perverse. It is anti-constitutional. It is anti-civil rights. Uh, it, it, you know, it is a terrible thing. And therefore, there is no more qualified immunity. Again, the law says you should be able to to um, uh, to to sue bad actors in yep. government if they break the law. That's the law. They've just twisted it into this. So the easiest thing to do would be to untwist it and say, no, this was bad. Our, this court was wrong. And we're correcting it by saying that there will no longer be any qualified immunity. And now if you have broken the law, if it has been established that you've broken the law and violated someone's rights, you can get sued just like anyone else can get sued. That is almost guaranteed not to happen because the court is loath to admit that it was wrong. Yes. It is, and I understand the reason why 
there's actually a, an argument that that prevents judicial activism, that once you have a precedent on the books, that the judges sort of have to defer to that or, or, or typically do defer to that. I would argue that this is one of those cases where the judicial activism happened and this should undo it. But the likelihood of it happening is very, very, very low. So then here's the next thing that can happen, which is unfortunately also unlikely to happen. But it, it can happen. It, mm -hmm. It's more it's honestly more likely to happen, but it's not as easy. The federal government would have to the Congress would have to simply pass a law that says that there is no qualified immunity that and basically because the, the Congress can pass this and the, the courts are not going the likelihood of the courts uh, saying because, in fact, the courts have even said this in Supreme Court has said that this can be fixed by in fact, uh, Justice um, Clarence Thomas yeah. in, in one of the more recent decisions said this is something that can and should be corrected by Congress. If Congress corrects this, I think the Supreme Court will breathe a sigh of relief and say, OK, great. Finally, you fixed this mess that was created, you know, by 60 years, Court. 70 years. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you can finally fix this for us. That would take a, a, a majority. Uh, in fact, it doesn't even affect the budget. So it would take just majorities in both the House and the Senate to pass it. The problem is they want to attach something like this to some stupid omnibus bill. And, and then this side's going to vote against it because it doesn't, it also has something else attached to it that they don't like or whatever, instead of just a clean, like what, what, uh, I, I've been hanging out this weekend with, uh, former Congressman Justin Amash, uh, Libertarian Congressman Justin Amash, who introduced a bill to end qualified immunity, just that end qualified immunity. And that was it. And, uh, it, it wasn't given an up or down vote because that's not how, uh, the House of Reps has worked nope. for quite some time. Uh, it is a top-down system. It's controlled by uh, Nancy Pelosi um, and uh, now and uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Mitch McConnell basically control uh, Congress. There is no independence happening there. There's no fighting happening there. Um, so here's the other thing that can be done: it can be fought at the state level. So you, so for example, in Ohio, I'm working with a group called Accountability Now Ohio, and they're putting a constitutional amendment on the ballot for the people of Ohio to vote for that ends qualified immunity in Ohio. It says that it is, that it is illegal to invoke qualified immunity, that uh, state funds can't be used for prosecute state funds, including taxpayer money uh, for salaries. So someone's money cannot be used for an attorney to argue qualified immunity. Judges will not respect qualified immunity. It just flat out ends qualified immunity. You can't invoke it in court. And Beautiful. before it can get to the Supreme Court, it has to happen in that court. So we can do this at the statewide level. So we can pressure quick, state legislatures to do this. Real quick, if you guys know anyone in Ohio, please tag them in this video right now. Have them watch this. Tell them it's incredibly important that they need to get a part of this. Yeah. They need to spread the message. They need to help make this happen. This is this yeah. is more than just a podcast where we come and we learn and we listen. Um, but this is yeah. this is activism. This is this is how we make changes, and this is how we set people free in our lifetime. Um, one one podcast at a time. One tag at a time. <laughs> one friend at a time. One family member at a yeah. time. Exactly. One spikeism at a time. <laughs> one nard at a time one um, nard. so one nard at a time so yes uh if you have anyone in ohio or near ohio who would like like to help with rallies or putting together events or whatever else uh tag them let them know about accountability now ohio they're on instagram they're on facebook they're on uh, twitter i'm not sure if they're on youtube as well but they are on facebook instagram and twitter and um and it, you know we are working hard to end qualified immunity in ohio uh, if you're in Tennessee, work with For All Tennessee. They want to end qualified immunity there, foralltennessee.org. Uh, there are activists across the country who are trying to work at the state level to end qualified immunity. I believe, I'm trying to remember, I think there are one or two states that have done it, um, but I don't remember which ones now, and I might not be right about that. But I know that there have been attempts to do it, and uh, the more pressure, it's going to be easier to happen at the state level. The state legislatures are more likely to do this than yes. Congress, just because Congress is a cesspool and gets very little accomplished. Yep. Um, I guess you can contact your Supreme Court justices and tell them you want qualified immunity to end. They certainly can do it. It would be the simplest way to do it, but I, I don't see it happening. Um, and I don't see either any either part, either the Republican or Democrats uh, in, uh, uh, appointing justices who are likely to look back at bad case uh, case law and bad uh, precedent and say this is anti-liberty. It's anti-small government. It is certainly not in keeping with the 
the, the framers intention, uh, the originalist constructionist, uh, in, uh, constructionist in interpretation of this, um, and, uh, and, and, and break it down. Uh, honestly, yep. the long term is we have to get libertarians elected across the country. Yes. Um, the more libertarians there are in office, the more, and the, the, the you know, the silver lining is it, it doesn't just end with qualified immunity, civil asset forfeiture, the war on drugs, uh, criminal justice reform. Um, all of these things, these are all things that happen when you get people in office who actually respect your rights, who actually respect your agency, who believe that you do best when you are most free, who believe that you own yourself, who believe that we should be dismantling all of the power and freedom and money that's been taken from you and out of these centrally planned systems and put the money back in, in power and freedom back in your hands where it always belonged. That's And with that will come ending qualified immunity. I, I think that this is a with that that mic drop i think that's the perfect time to end i know that you are limited a little bit on time and so i want to thank you Spike. yes uh absolutely amazing having you on tonight and so uh real quick the wrap up guys uh make sure you guys are staying tuned to muddy waters for the rest of the week tomorrow you've got this this nope this guy over here there we go this guy and matt wright uh traversing the muddy waters of freedom on uh at eight ish eastern and then following up with that Wednesday, Spike's got his show, My Fellow Americans, with his guest of. Do you know? Oh no, you want me to know my guest? Oh no, man. Okay, um, Thursday night. Uh... I, I, I don't know. I, I... No, you're good. Thursday night. Thursday night with Matt Wright on the writer's block. He's got Anna Johnson, the LPWA state chair. That's, of course, the oh, nice. Libertarian Party, Washington um, Party, which is actually was my first considered real home state. So um, yeah. bringing it from, from the West Coast here to the Muddy Waters mm-hmm. of Freedom Thursday night. And then, of course, Friday night, you've got From Bayous to Igloos with Eskimo, uh, as rated as one of the most intelligent people on Muddy Waters Media by this guy over here this guy over here and clearly not this guy because this guy sucks at pointing but uh and of course um cajun who is still cajun um (laughs) and so you guys want to check into them at 9 30 p.m eastern also this weekend if you live in the state of washington i'm going to be touring through washington on a washington state tour uh, all weekend and friday i'm going to be in seattle uh on saturday i'm going to be in I can't, the Tri-Cities area. I forget specifically which city, but I'll be in the Tri-Cities. And then on Sunday, I'll be in Spokane. Uh, and mm. if you want more information about the events that I am doing, if you go to SpikeCohen.com and click on events, you will see my Washington events there. You can also go to the uh, Libertarian Party of Washington on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, on well, no, Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. They have all the information as well on their website, LPUIs. I forget if it's LPWA.org or LPWashington.org. But it's one of those. If you Google Libertarian Party of Washington, you'll find them. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll do that. And then join us right back here. Same bearded place, same <laughs> bearded time for the next fantastic episode of Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Who's your guest going to be next week? Next week, we are going to have... Oh, no, it just messed up. Next week, we're going to have Jessica Etheridge, who actually may have been the parents of those said children. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, that situation got rectified with the kids and Spike hating kids. Spike loves kids. But uh, we're going to have Jessica Etheridge coming on to talk about women empowerment versus feminism. So it's going to be a fun conversation of what is... Let's get to the root of it all. Let's talk about it and everything else. So it's going to be a good time. And so... Don't miss out on all this muddy good goodness. Get over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe to be a part of the exclusive community, the Mudsketeers. Be a Mudsketeer in the Muddy Militia, and it gets better, folks. But wait, there's more. Tell us what they get, Jason. Actually, I'm going to tell you. So we are starting up starting next – no, starting the second Tuesday of next month. Second, starting the second Thursday of next month. And every second Thursday of every month after that, we are resurrecting the muddied Zoom, where you can hang out on a Zoom call with me and Matt and Jason if he's available, and uh, Eskimo and uh, Cajun if he's available, and possibly Ashley and Sean if they're available. All the muddied all-stars are going to be there. Might have some special guests occasionally. And we're just going to have a fun chat with all of us, the muddied Mudsketeers. Mudsketeers. No, we're the we're the they're the Mudsketeers. We're the muddied crew, the muddied crew, <laughs> and then and all of our and all of our our subscribers, all of our Mudsketeer militia, mud 
people. Um, and then they're they're gonna hang out. We're gonna hang out on a Zoom call, and then we're still gonna we're gonna live stream it so that all of your uh, jealous friends and loved ones can watch you be cool by only paying ten bucks a month, and it will make them go, "Wow, how can I be cool and hang out with the Mudskateers and the Muddy Crew?" And you can say you can too. Go to anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe. We're gonna be doing that every month. That's starting uh, next. Uh, so if you want to get involved in that anchor.fm slash muddy water slash subscribe you also get exclusive muddied waters content including i've been putting up all the panels i did on freedom fest we're going to be doing more stuff like that you get ad free listening of all of our podcasts on anchor uh so you don't have to listen to well you don't have to listen to us tell you to use anchor uh basically and uh and then you get the muddy zoom as well for 10 bucks a month for less than the cup, cup price of a cup of coffee every week you can you too can be a part of the growing muddied waters mud family that we are creating that's so much better than what i could have ever said you guys the mud just, family. just get over there the mud family we're, we're dirty <laughs> and it's great we're a dirty mud family <laughs> but yes so thank you guys all i i thank you spike for for taking some time out and uh please go enjoy your dinner tonight and be yes. well be good we'll see you tomorrow night here uh eight ish whenever ish happens <laughs> <laughs> but um but we love each and every one of you guys who came in, viewed this, watched this, and we love you even more if you are one of those uh, subscribers. So become a Mudsketeer tonight. Don't wait. And uh, we, we will talk to you guys all again here soon. See you guys throughout the week, and I'll see you guys back here Monday night with Jessica Etheridge. You guys take care. And Be well. Oh. Go. <laughs> oh no i forgot this isn't my show go ahead be that well is not so be well everyone and fight for freedom keep doing the good good work and make sure you guys are sharing this out to uh, the people of ohio and tennessee especially but we'll see you guys soon yes. and where he's going and where i'm going we're we actually won't need roads because we're flying that's Tomorrow, good so. washington also has some some decent roads for the taxes they pay i'm a bad libertarian but <laughs> take care guys we'll see you guys soon